looking at today is the future of our church, right? Um, and, and here's the thing about our church, and see if you can follow along. So, New Orleans is about 10 years behind church culture in the rest of the United States. Uh, really, almost 20 years behind in many cases. So, the, um, like the whole mega church thing started about 20 years ago, almost. Um, and it's now catching on here. The whole satellite, satellite thing started uh, about 15 uh, years ago. And people are just, some of the churches are just starting to do that here. Um, New Orleans is a different culture. That, that stuff's not catching on as much as it has in other cultures in other states, Texas and Georgia, um, California, Michigan. You know, for some reason it's inevitable. We, we know the reason. It's because if you can't eat crawfish and look somebody in the eye and know that they're part of your family, you're not going to be really doing much with them, right? That's, that's just kind of the way we are. Um, and so, because of that, uh, that all that trend has kind of started coming into New Orleans. When we started NOCC, we wanted to make sure that we weren't following trends. And, and I'm not saying trends are bad. There's some that are great and they're very biblical. You know, I'm not bashing anything. But what we do is we look at the first church. And I know for some of you, we've looked at this verse maybe a few times, but every year I like to look back at this verse, and it's Acts 2.42, and that's the only verse we're going to look at today. Um, and what, what I feel, I feel that we are actually ahead of culture even though New Orleans is far behind. Because what you see now is that a lot of the, the mega church kind of stuff is, is fading because people want real relationships with one another. Um, and so what we have been doing and developed, it's not because, oh, well, we knew this was coming up. We take no, um, no uh, what do you call that? not blame. Uh, we didn't do this, right? We didn't know this. We can't say, oh, look at us. We're trying to follow Scripture. And one of the things that we love about our church is that we look here before we look out there to find what God wants us, how to worship, you know, what, you know, what trends are, are biblical even when we do look out there, right? And, and so because of that, we do feel we're different. But we're kind of different in a good way, we hope. Um, and so in order to move into the future of our church, because I really feel like we're leading, you know, and you look around and you go, there's not a big crowd here. I feel like we're leading in what is to come for the church in general. Um, because how does, how does a church judge success? How do most churches judge success? Numbers, right? How big you are. Um, and I've been at big churches, and we've got more committed believers and followers of Christ in this church than in some of the large churches I've been in. And I think that's awesome. Um, 
Now we want to we do want to grow. We want to see people come to know Jesus. But do you know what the biblical definition of success is? The biblical definition of success is are we worshiping and obeying our Savior? That's that's the biblical def the biblical definition of success is are we faithful to Jesus? I mean it's really that simple. And, and so Jesus doesn't look at us or a church in Africa or a house church in China and go, oh, my gosh, ten people there. I need to just kind of wipe them off the map. He doesn't do that, right? He says, this is my faithful church. And when we get to heaven, hopefully he looks us in the eyes and says, this is my good and faithful servant. And so... Um, I, wanna, I want to uh, throw a word out. The first image that comes to your mind, the first word that comes in your mind, whatever it is, I want you to, to keep that and, and tell me what it is. You ready for your word? You ready to hear it? First thing that comes in your mind. Ready? Church. People. Okay. What else? Anybody else have something? Music. Okay. What else? Bible. Bible. Okay. Teaching? Okay. That's great. Um, because what you have described there is the church, right? Because all those things are in Scripture. I, I was a little concerned that we might go building, or not not really for us. I was concerned for them. They surprised me. Uh, the the uh, older church, they surprised me, and they said some of the same things, which is great. Um, but the church is an organism. Like you and we are the living, breathing people. It's an organization. It's not an organization. When it becomes an organization, you need to shut it down because it's, it's dead and dying, right? It's just ritual, that kind of thing. And, and so when you look at Scripture, God created the family as the first organism in Genesis, right? Adam and Eve. And then you go through Scripture and you see the church as the second organism. It's not an organization. We may be a, uh, you know, a five hundred one c three, you know, nonprofit according to the government, an organization, but not according to God. So here, let's take a look at uh, Acts chapter two, verse forty-two. Let me give you some background real quick, so you kind of understand what's going on in this church. This is Jerusalem. It is about two miles wide by two miles wide. It's not really even that big. It's, it's very small, um, and uh, you can see, I don't know if you can see or not, but up at the top, that's the temple, and then you know, kind of the lower city and upper city and different areas and that kind of thing. Um, but this, is, this was Jerusalem during the time of, of Jesus and the time of the church, and people are very accessible, right? I mean, how many of you can walk two miles? Right? Just get out and walk. Yeah, I can. My mom can't. She's in a wheelchair, but she can roll two miles, right? I mean, she, she gets out. She can do this. Right? Anybody can go two miles. And if you are a um, Israelite Jew, guess how many times you went to church? Once a week. Twice a week. Five times a week. Three times a day. <laughs> Joy is like, we have kids, right? 
Well, that's the thing. They they would go to church. They would it's a synagogue. <coughs> go to synagogue in the morning at uh, early in the morning about six, um, and then they would go at noon, and then they would go uh, before the sun came down about six again, basically. Um, and you work in between, and uh, it would siesta a little bit too in between. So you know, I mean, this is this is not the fast-paced world that we live in. And New Orleans isn't even fast-paced compared to New York and those kind of places. But um, so they went all the time, and the way it worked was you come to church, you come to the service, and the pastor doesn't speak every time. Can you imagine? Oh my goodness, if that happened, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to break this down. We're going to do a paragraph at a time, you know. And, and the way it worked would be like, Jonathan, Jonathan, by the way, you did an amazing job with those songs, bro. You were you were like uh, just ahead of it. Awesome. If I could say, Jonathan, what's God been doing in your life? And Jonathan would come up and he would share, and people would kind of you know, asking questions and, and helping tests to see if God was really the one doing it. And it's, it's really cool how it worked out. So three times a day you could do that. Now, I don't know if they went every single time, but that was, you know, if you were a good Jew, that's what you did. Anybody could speak and share. And the size of the churches, you know, in each town there's normally one church in each town. This is why you got the church in Ephesus, the church in Thessalonica, and, you know, the, Paul writes these letters. They're... They're not huge. They're probably the size of your basic neighborhood church, you know. It's probably a little larger than us as people came to know Jesus. And this is what they were doing. It says in Acts 2.42, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now here's what I want to do. I want to go through each one of these and ask ourselves, are we doing this? Are we doing this? And this is a scary message for me because we do this about once a year. And and sometimes I go, oh, we've been neglecting this. And you guys are the ones that tell me in the service, embarrassingly, uh, we could be doing more of this, right? And I'm like, ah, you're right. So, but this is what we need to do. Are we doing these things? So let's, let's take a look. It says, uh, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, I, I don't claim to be an apostle by any means, but uh, God has led us and led me to uh, pastor the church. And so, um, do we apply the teaching, and this is this is like feedback, so y'all, I know y'all are kind of like, uh-oh, I need you to talk, okay? It's going to be a short message, I'm going to lose. Um, apply, <laughs> that's right. Lose, we have lose? Anyway, do we apply the teaching? Do we apply the teaching? Last week, when we talked about filtering, okay, yeah, when we talked about filtering, filtering what we think, what we do, everything running that filter, are we applying that to to our lives? So, how do we remember to? And listen, you, please understand, you got to realize, like, it terrifies me to be up here. Like, the, the smaller it is, too, the 
more chapter. Like I see the whites in your eyes, I'm I freak out and I'm freaked out right now, right? And, and so I'm not doing this to be like, are you applying my teaching? I, I want us to grow in Christ. So how do we how do we do that? How do we remember to apply what we learn? Yeah. We hold yeah. ourselves accountable to each other. Yeah. Do, do you rem- how how long is it before you forget when you walk when you leave? Do you think? Do I hit my car? Did, did, what's that? Do I even hit the car? <laughs> do you hit the car before you forget? Do I, I don't know. I mean, because yeah, seriously, you, you walk out here and you hang out for a little while, finish off the donuts, right? And then. You know, how long is it after the service that you get to your car? 30 minutes sometimes, maybe? 20 minutes? Do you remember? In complete transparency, for me, it's usually when I have forgotten the message and it comes back to me throughout the week. For example, I needed a filter. I wasn't here last Sunday. I wasn't feeling well. So I needed a filter during the week at, at one particular point, and I didn't have it, and Daniel shared with me the message. I'm like, church because then I realize you know but it's true right. a lot of times for me it's you know, or I think in general our humanness comes through and yeah. we forget and so then we're reminded when a situation comes up and it's, it's needed yeah God reminds me of that time anyway, yeah. So. yeah 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 because it's inevitable whenever you reach on God throws out a that we So 
applying the teaching that we hear? Are we taking action to make changes in our lives? Oh, man, that's the hard part, isn't it? Are we, and then are we doing this at the frequency that God asks us to? We'll look at that some more. Fellowship. What about fellowship? It says, uh, applied and devoted themselves to apostle teaching and to the fellowship. So, these guys, and we'll look at uh, verse 43 through 47 next week. But they met in homes all the time. So, this is their day. Go to church. Go to work. Go to church. Go to work. Go to church. Have people over for dinner. Right? Does that sound like a day that you want? <laughs> yes! Yes! She loves people. Right? For most of us, that's scary to us, isn't it? And we have to really work hard at that. Um, but this is why uh, bringing people into our homes, this is why I push eat together, right? That, that I want us to get together and, and eat together and be together with one another. And I know some of us are homebodies, um, but do we, do we do this? Are we doing this throughout the week? Let me ask you this. Are there times in the week where you can... Where you can do it, but you decide not to. You think about it and go, you should have them over. It never happens. So, what's that? It's just me. You know? We try to have people over, but I'm an introvert. And I know y'all look at me and say, no, but I am. I go home. Like, hanging out with you guys, I love you guys, but I go home and my energy is gone. Because I'm, I'm, I'm given, leave gets energized by you, by being with you, right? She can go to coffee, be with you for three hours, and like, she's like, oh, is it in me? Oh, man, no. You know, that kind of thing. Because she loves people. Um, but, and I, and I totally understand, you got babies, you got kids, right? Um, it's hard to to do that when you put people, put those, put people kids to bed early, um, but go go grab a snow cone with somebody after school, right? Or grab a, an early dinner, right? That kind of thing. Um, and then for those of us that don't have kids, right? Yeah. Here's what, here's the gift that you have. <clears throat> I think I might want to get together with, uh, with Millie and Bow. Hey, y'all want to go grab something to eat? Okay, see you in a minute. You walk out the door. Mary, you remember those days? <laughs> Tiffany? <laughs> Tiff Tiffany's, Tiffany's got like bags she's got to bring and you know all that kind of stuff with, with the kids and another one on the way. Right? So you guys that are single, take advantage of it, right? You get all the time in the world. You don't spend an hour getting ready to go to Chick-fil-A. You don't got a chick for um, And then are we doing this at the frequency that God asks us to do? I think we do a good job of this. Um, and <laughs> when y'all first came uh, a few weeks back, uh, I never ask people if they want to get together during the week because I know it freaks them out. I always want to. I'm like, hey, you want to get together? It's not because I'm trying to get people to come to our church. It's because I really want to, I want to get together and get to know people. And, uh, and so I never do it, but then Daniel was just such a nice guy. And, and he, was, he was walking out, I was like, hey, you want to get together? I was like, no, don't do it, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and then I did it again last 
sweetie. And, uh, but he's out of town. And that's just my heart, right? I, I'm, I'm an introvert, but I'm one-on-one. You ask Jerry. We go to lunch all the time. I love getting together with people. Um, and I want us to do this in more frequency with more people, right? Not just leave and, and I get together with people. So uh, fellowship. And then it's uh, eating together. Uh, it says the breaking of bread, which is this is eating together and communion. Okay? Eating together and communion. So this phrase, breaking bread, it, it refers to going to that dog as well as breaking off a bun and taking communion right there at the table. I kid you not. Think about this. Where was Jesus when he introduced communion? It was a dinner in an upper room with his buds. Right. You don't have to have me to do communion. Right? I, I don't have to be the one to bless it. Now, you need to, to do it reverently. You need to examine your heart and make sure that sin is is not you know prevalent and you're you know focused on that and not not Christ. But are we doing this? Right? Probably not in our own homes, right? Taking communion together. But are we eating together? Right? That's part of fellowship. Um, and there's there's something about food, especially in New Orleans, right, that, that brings us together. Right? And we kind of understand this. We don't really know why it works, except that God, I think, why is it that we can spend four hours standing up next to a crawfish table, and we look, and we go, where'd the time go, right, and then ten minutes eating lunch by ourselves, and we go, God, Lord, right, that was the longest ten minutes ever, right, that's, it's, it's, we share our heart when we eat together, we, 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 I don't know, open up more when there's like dead tails on the table, right? It's, we, we just do. And uh, so are we doing this? What do you think? In our church? We think, oh, but you know, New Orleans is so big, and 
we've got you know such a huge area to cover. We have the great equalizer in this called the car. It takes us 40 minutes to get from our house to Josh and Tiffany's house. You know how long it takes to walk a mile, just an average mile? 15 to 20 minutes. About 20 minutes, yeah, 15 to 20 minutes. So it took them, if you had to go from one end to the other, as we would have to do to, to their house, 20 minutes, uh, 40 minutes. It's about the same. When, when I lived in the DFW, I would drive from Fort Worth to Dallas. It was a, an hour and 15 minute drive. And it wasn't a big deal. Everybody did it all the time. We came here, and you hear people go, oh, i got to go across the bridge. You know, it's a psychological barrier, right? It's, oh, I can't believe it, you know, West Bank, right? That kind of thing. Oh, the, the North Shore. Right? Thankfully, Tiffany cuts the chicken in half and starts plucking it by noon, so that by the time you guys get there at 6, it's practically in the fire. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So, but this is, but look, no, no, Jerry points out a great thing. Like, we think in our mind, oh my gosh, it's going to take forever to get over there. we got to do this. And it doesn't. It really doesn't. He's church that thought that leading up to him to go to Metairie or Kenner. That's terrible. No, but no, we need to talk about that. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No one wants to go to Shabbat. No. So, are Shabbat. we. So, are we doing this to the frequency God asks us, or are we making excuses, right? And then the last one is, is prayer. Um, and this is one we talk a lot about in our church. And so, oh, I want to. That is Nathan Warner inspired. I want to make sure we do uh, spend some time in prayer. What prayer request? Um, the word here is devoted. Are we devoted to doing these things? Here's, here's the definition of devoted. is to commit by a solemn act or to give over or direct, as in time, money, or effort, to a cause, enterprise, or activity. Are we devoting ourselves to these things in the church. And not just here, but just church big C, right? Um, if you think, I want to invite somebody over, oh, but I don't want to miss that show, that TV show, right? Uh, it comes into our minds, doesn't it? Oh, let's do it another day because, you know, we can DVR it. I don't want to watch it. I'm dying to watch it. When the word I comes into your mind, you need to know that that is juxtaposed to the mission of the church and your own spiritual growth. The word I will hurt the church. Right? And, and again, family came first. That's the first organism. The church came second. Right? You need to have a date night. You need to take the kids out. You need to invest in them. But, you know, I statements in your life will kill our church. Um, I don't want to. I'm, I'm too tired. I, I just want to stay in. I don't want to miss this and that. When you're not present, there's a hole in our church because you bring a perspective or a thought or a kind word or a spiritual gift to our church and to the table that nobody else can bring. Right? Um, now, that thing in your mind when you ask, 
when I ask you what you think of in church, um, that's what a biblical church looks like. And it comes from these things. These four things. The apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. This is what a biblical church that truly follows Jesus looks like. It, here's the thing. It may not be the trendy thing. We may not have like lights and stuff. Right now, we don't have a drummer, right? We're just looking for a guy pound on a drum, right? If you know somebody, let us know. Um, but that doesn't keep us from worshiping God. Uh, so it's not the trendy, cool stuff that we're trying to do. It's this right here. And it has to be done with each home, each family. Okay? We pray for us anymore. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for taking care of us and for showing us how to be a church. Sometimes it's hard when we see what's going on with other churches and we see some really cool stuff. But Father, we are a family and we thank you for the family that you created here. We thank you for what you're doing. We pray for all those who are on vacation, who are traveling. And we ask that you take care of them and bring them back safely so that we can continue to love them and be that family that you call us to be. Challenge us, help us to be more of this church and less of me. Bless of I. Yes, this.